What's going on and welcome back to Anybody and Everybody. I'm your host Herm and I am so happy to be here today. I know that we're a day late but in times like this I felt that it was super important to get an interview in that really just helped people out and today I brought on an expert someone who has studied online classrooms someone who knows what it's like to go through the grind of learning from home and you know I mean right now our country is in a it's in a tough place and for so many of us many students probably all students actually we're online and we have to learn through these computers that we've traditionally just used for social media watching videos doing work for school, but not learning through them the way that we're about to. So I brought on someone, his name is Vern Joyce, to come and just kind of walk us through what are some of the things we're going to have to do as online scholars to really enhance and benefit ourselves during this time period. But without further ado, here he is, Vern Joyce. I read a lot of news and I saw the articles and the, the news coming out of out of China and then all of a sudden the lack thereof and then all of a sudden a whole lot more and knew something was coming and it was going to be big. And here we are. So many of us, and this is why I really wanted to get your opinion on it, was because I'm obviously a college student. I'm one of the younger millennials as or whatever they want to call us gen z or gen y or there's a gen and a letter that's supposed to follow but i'm one of these people who's supposed to be online schooling or whatever and you are i wouldn't are you an expert would you consider yourself an expert on online schooling but you definitely know much more than i would and i need to get your opinion on it um well i'm working on my masters and i'm uh just my thesis away from completing my masters in instructional technology which is basically online learning so I don't know if I'm quite an expert, but I'm, I know my stuff. So how about, how does that work? No, that's, that's what we're searching for here because I mean, so many of my listeners are of about my age or around my age and going to be converting into online education. So anything that we can kind of get out to them and learning the tricks of the trade here is helpful. I mean, beneficial in any way, shape or form, because I mean, you know, probably more hacks than I could ever explore or whatever to help them while they're at home. And so I want to kind of open up the floor to you for that. It's like, as we do this, what is, what's the number one thing students need to be searching for here in online education? You guys need to have patience when you're professors. That's, that's the only thing I'm asking. I mean, you, you all know your professors for the most part. We all, we've all had that professor that, you know, is living in the 1930s or hell, even the 1830s and, and doesn't know how to use any of this. And within the last week, his his administration has said, hey, you're going to hold an online class. Give them a little patience. Outside of that, online school is not hard. I, you know, I, a lot of my, my master's degree was done online. It's, it's not a big deal, especially if, if your professors and your, your educators know what they're doing. Um, and if they don't, don't, don't worry about it. You can send them an email. Say, hey, how you doing? This is what I think, you know, a friendly suggestion won't hurt. Um, of course, you need to know the attitude and general makeup of your professor before you do that. We, we've all already had those professors that, you know, don't want to hear any criticism either. Yeah, of course. You're going to have to uh, butter them up a little bit before you shoot them the what the hell are you doing email. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Look, you're going to get the whole the whole range. I mean, you're going to find some of your professors that you would have never expected to be amazing. They're going to be amazing at this. And some of them that you, you thought and they're younger they're going to fail horribly. 
and it's it's really going to be a mixed bag. Um, don't don't judge the class on the first week. Um, I would start judging the class on the second and third week because the first week, the novelty of it is, is going to be there for you, for them. And then after that is when the wheels tend to fall off or they things go really well and get better. Um, you know, it, there's there's tons of stuff out there. I mean, if you're not familiar with Zotero, get familiar with Zotero. Um, if you're not what's, familiar. What's okay. Zotero? Okay. Zotero no. is, um, it's like easy bib, but it's like easy bib for actual college, for actual university students. Um, you can go while you're going through and doing your research online, you can save the links. It creates an APA or an MLA or a Chicago um, a citation for you. So it helps you write your papers and all that kind of stuff. And online classes, uh, I can tell you best practice, cite everything you do. Um, anytime you look something up, cite it. It, it makes it, even if the professor is not requiring it, it makes you look better. And anything that makes you look better, because remember, you don't have that that FaceTime. You don't get to make that that presence with your professor known. And maybe if you're going from from a, a, a class that is, you know, live to a synchronous or an asynchronous class, you may need to buff up your presence, so to speak, if you didn't make a good impression to begin with or no impression because you were that wall fly. Um, there's lots <laughs> of ways to do that. Um, Zotero was, was introduced to me by by a couple um, uh, Ivy League students, and it's used extensively in the Ivies and the upper league uh, upper league schools. Uh, I've used it. Um, I also think EasyBib is great, but if you don't want to pay for it, Zotero is free. So there you go. Oh, do you have to pay for EasyBib now? For to for for you to be able to really use it the way you want to as a college student, yeah. Uh -huh. Oh wow, like, that's ridiculous. But well, that's brilliant. I, yeah, and that's what Chegg did. They they threw it out there for, you know, use, 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 get everyone to use it, and then now you have to pay. And then throw a price on it, right? Like anything else in this world. Exactly. exactly. But so Zotero, that's brilliant. I, I had never heard of that before, but especially as we move into this, I, I feel like every like I most of my professors are very old school, so we don't even use like turnitin.com or anything. But now that we move online, I guess the precedent there is gonna be set a bit higher in double checking that kids aren't cheating and yeah, the, the shit like that, that college students are probably running through their mind. I mean, I'd be lying if I said like my Latin course didn't become a little bit more appealing. Like, <laughs> I got moved online, but I mean, it's, it's the truth and it's how college students function because at the end of the day, we're just trying to get through these wild four years. But as we move online here, I think that so much of the in-person communication is taken away from the classroom and so have you had to deal with like uh, the webcam classrooms and stuff like that because yeah. that's something that i am incredibly unfamiliar with okay so zoom zoom has made their their service free to uh, k-12 to professionals and i and most most online colleges universities have been using zoom for quite a while Mm -hmm. my, my first piece of advice when you use zoom, if you're not the one hosting the conversation, when you get there, go get in early, change your background to a virtual background. That way you can have an absolute disaster going on behind you and they won't be able to tell. Oh, um, that's brilliant. That's the first thing I suggest. I have, um, if you're familiar with, uh, two years ago, Elon Musk shot his car up into space. Um, my background is that car with the earth in the background and I'm sitting in the car. So that's what I use when I'm online. It's, it's amusing and it generally gets a laugh. And, you know, when a cat crawls across my keyboard and he pops into the screen, that gets a laugh too. Um, so that, that's my first piece of advice with Zoom. The next piece of advice is 
make sure everyone in your class mutes their mics. I can't tell you. You'll see. You, you'll all see, and you'll you'll find that there's always that one or two people in your class that haven't muted their mics, and their dogs freaking out in the background. Their kids freaking out in the background. There's police running down in the background. There, there's somebody getting shot in the back. These are all real stories that have happened to me over the last three years. Um, with with craziness. I, I the shooting wasn't me. It was a it was another friend from a from a an online community. He posted it, and it was like really. And there was guns going off. It was crazy. Jeez. Um, so yeah, mute your mics um, just because it's annoying. If a, a university professor is having a, uh, a synchronous Zoom class where he's acting like he's still on the professor, he or she, I apologize. Um, wow, I'm, I'm my condolences to all of you. That's really like <laughs> the worst way um, to do it. Um, a professor or even, you know, K to 12 educator video yourself for 10, 15 minutes, whatever piece or chunk of information you're trying to get through, whatever skill you're trying to teach, cut it off, upload that, do it again with the next, with the next, with the next beat bit, give it. So your students have the ability to go back and view that video in a very small format. They can practice it. They can see what's going on. But if you're going to have a lecture, I, I, I'm looking at the K to 12 sphere in New Jersey and the way our laws are written is that oh, our governor has closed all schools starting Wednesday, which is in 48 hours. Um, they're all going to have to do synchronous schools where all these kids are going to from K to 12 are going to have to log in and be in like sitting at their desks at home, but logged into school for like six hours a day. I, I don't know. Six how hours. That, well, really? four to four to six hours. Yeah. Depending on what the laws are. I, I know, uh, a middle school up in uh, middle of New Jersey that I'm familiar with, they're doing four hours, and that plan was approved by the DOE. Um, wow. or the BOE, excuse me. Yeah. Um, so I, I, that's – and that's for middle school. I can't imagine how painful that's going to be as a student. Um, as an educator, it's really not the way to go on an online education. I mean if you want to do it where you, you sign in and do synchronous for 15 minutes so you get to see everyone's faces, you, you give them directions and you let them go off and do a PBL and do whatever they want to do otherwise, great. But wow, sitting for 45 minutes without being able to – you know. because I've been a classroom teacher for many years as well, like to walk close to them and you know quiet them down, who's paying attention – I don't even know how that's going to work. I, 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 I'm just, yeah, like. <laughs> no, uh, totally. Let me, Um, I'm going to stop you real, just for a second here. For and sure. we're going to throw these, the, you've said two terms there. I just want to throw into like lay Miz terms for regular people. Okay. Uh, sync is just when the teacher's talking at you through the webcam. Okay. Sorry. A synchronous uh, education online is when everything's real time. So like we're doing this conversation real time. It's you and I talking back and forth. Okay. Right. Asynchronous is when you, as an online educator, I assign something, uh, you as a student can go look at it up on through your, your LMS and you can do it whenever you want. And then there's a hybrid, which is a kind of a, a version of in between that, um, where you can have, you can start your class and then you let them into the assignments and they can either, you can sit there and they can ask you questions and they can work in groups, whatever, but you're not they can wander off and go do what they want whenever they want it and turn it in whenever. Okay, perfect. That cleared it up. And then, so then you use the term PBR. Or was it PBR? PBR. Uh, project-based, sorry, teacher speak, project-based learning and uh, online education for K to 12 
is the well i can't even speak to elementary i don't even know how those poor people are going to do that i feel bad for the kids i feel bad for the parents i feel bad for the teachers i feel Um, most bad for the parents though honestly (laughs) well all of a sudden they're going to have to understand what it's like to be a teacher of one of their own child and then realize that there's probably 20 other kids in that classroom with their teacher so yeah right i I don't have a whole lot of sympathy for them Um, oh yeah you understand it yeah i'm gonna say i can empathize but i'm not a whole lot of sympathy um but project-based learning is is the way to go for middle school and high school. Um, my background is in, in, in the humanities. And for me, you can assign a paper. Project-based learning is where I can say here, it's, it's group work. It's, it's a fancy term for group work. That's really all it is. Um, and so I can say here, I want you guys to, here's my question. You got two weeks to figure out the answer and then come back and tell me what your answer is. Um, that's, that's how I view uh, project-based learning. Um, and I want them to come back and teach it to me and maybe to their peers as well. Mm-hmm. Now, do you have any, I mean, this, I feel like this is just going to slow down the education for so many kids because so many kids really do need like a teacher by their side and not holding their hand through everything, but to a certain extent, holding their hand through everything. And I, you, I think you mentioned it yesterday that like you heard people might just have to learn through the summer and stuff like that. Is that kind of what could get a what could get kids back on pace maybe because you don't want to see kids dropping a, like half a year because that could really be a detriment to just their education in general and overall right the cdc recommendations is eight weeks so yeah basically school's out for summer so to speak um i don't know uh, like the elementary school school age children i don't know how they're going to do it or what's going to happen uh, i have a, a a number of peers that are working on it and i just They've asked me for help and I don't have an answer for them. It's not, you know, I don't have a lot of experience with the little guys to begin with. And just thinking about, you know, these guys are learning their ABCs and numbers and then to stick them in front of a keyboard to try to answer complex multi-step questions. I just, I don't know. Now, middle school and high school, I don't see there being that much of a problem. Uh, mm-hmm. As long as the, the, the pedagogy or the, the, the values of education are, are, are kept. It's not that much different. They shouldn't be that far behind unless they decide to, you know, have their, their Chromebook open and then they've, you know, got other 600 other tabs doing anything but what they're supposed to be doing, um, right. which is happening in the classroom. But in the classroom, the teacher can walk over and, hey, get the work, got kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as far as individual uh, work, this online education actually lends itself to a much more highly individualized uh, experience if the teacher has time and the student has time. Um, teachers can give uh, uh, office hours like you you get at college, except that the teacher can say, I need to speak to little Johnny over there or little Janie over there. I'm going to talk to you via this computer at four o'clock tomorrow. And you have no distractions. You're a one-on-one, no distractions with that student. So in that sense, it's a lot better. You don't have, you know, little Oscar bouncing off the walls and throwing trash. You just have a one-on-one. So there are some mm-hmm. benefits there. As it's someone who excels in the uh, individualized education, I guess I could see that. It's. I think I've found it most difficult as I begin my courses as well today and working online full-time now as well, that it's just the being inside your home and getting into that headspace of, okay, I need to like figure out a way to get myself dialed in here because not only is this my bedroom, but it's now also my classroom, my workspace and the place I need to like live for the next eight weeks. 
Yeah, I, I, I have I have the bed. I, like, I understand completely. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have my own space. I have a, an extra room in the house, and that's where my computer setup is. That's where my, it's my VR room, too. So I have everything in there. And so when I go in there, if I'm not playing a game, which, you know, I play games, um, I'm doing work, and that's it. Um, and so, yeah, like today, I've been doing work since 10, and I've been in here, and with the exception of going out to the kitchen to grab a lunch at noon, and that's it. And I've just been in here mm-hmm. banging away. So yeah, it is. It, it it's just a habit, just like anything else. You have to get habitualized to to making that space work. I mean, even if it's enough, even if it's simple enough in your bedroom to have a, a chair that you fold out just to work on, and then you can put it away when you're not working. Just something that touchstones you down to being in that work mode. Yeah, I read something online the other day that was like, just put on your shoes because most of the time when you're at home, you don't like put on shoes or something like that. And I was like, okay, that might make sense for me. But I came up with this idea last night, sometime in the last 24 hours, at least. I put myself all over YouTube and shit like that. And I'm not very uncomfortable with it. I know there's plenty of teachers who would be. However, if teachers were to move into a YouTube type platform where they're able to do kind of what you were saying, segmented lessons that are... That's what I had in mind, actually. But yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. So it's like 15 minutes of here's what you're going to do. And then you just break it down as simple as possible with a whiteboard in the background or through your computer if if you're technologically savvy enough for that. But I just think that that would be kind of a good way to do it and also i don't think that would take six hours of the day but i mean if it doesn't meet the time restrictions or whatever i guess the cdc might not approve something like that i wanted to get your opinion on that okay so in new jersey the rules are they're written they're written specifically so so students have to go to school and i don't know them perfectly because it's not really my area of expertise i do know that teachers have to be able to take role and for you know so there has to be some way that each class takes role um, mm-hmm. that piece could probably be changed in the assembly and the Senate very quickly if they would actually get around to doing it. Um, the next piece is everything has to be assessed and that's standard. Like everything, you know, you do as a teacher in K to 12 has to be assessed. Even at university level, you, you guys are having assessments. Um, so that's what has to happen. Like being able to, uh, figure out how you're going to assess things, whether that looks like a, a multi, uh, multiple choice online quiz um in a lot of in a lot of ways that's the easiest way it's sloppy and it's kind of lazy but it, it, it's mm-hmm. easy and it can be automated um or essays um i suggest you take pb your project sorry i don't want to use that again your projects that you use <laughs> to create a portfolio and that way you can you can use your assessment by a portfolio it's a little more work on the teacher's end but it's it, it's easier for students to see where you're going i don't know right. if that answers your question at all no totally i just thought that that was I don't know. I think that so much of this is just a learning experiment for so many people at the moment. And any any ideas that we can kind of throw out into the universe, maybe someone picks up on it, maybe something some crazy way. You know, I mean, things that go on the Internet can randomly get clicked on all the time. And maybe someone hears that and thinks, okay, maybe that's a great idea as school district adopts 15 minute learning videos of how to do your multiplication because i mean at the end of the day you're right these videos aren't going to help me as much but somebody who is trying to learn like their times tables or something along those lines you need there's a visual aspect to that that you just won't be able to get i think and it's also just based on the child's learning styles and abilities and we're all built differently in that way and i mean 
for you, you are an expert in VR. So it's like you're kind of shit out of luck right now. And that's that's no bueno. Yeah, for for my thesis, yeah, I'm 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 a little because of the way we're shut down. Yeah, it's it's a little problem. However, I mean, mentioning VR, if VR was a technology that was more ubiquitous right now, we would have a lot less issues. Uh, I can university professors, I can point to a there's a uh, an app out there called Engage VR, and I've used it uh, extensively in some of my work uh, for school. And what it is, is that you're literally in a virtual environment and you can set up whiteboards in the environment um, on site. It's used um, a lot in corporate areas, but you can use it for for teaching school school age children as well. Um, I've seen it used in um, quantum physics at the university level at Oxford. I watched wow. one of those. Yeah, like the, the difference between what we're doing right now and all these people jumping into um, what is online learning or e-learning or distance learning. Um, I've seen some articles now that are calling it virtual learning. That is such a misnomer. It's, it really isn't. The, the VR world really 10 years from now will be university will look very different. Um, incredibly different. Like um, my daughter who, again, her school is closed down. She goes to a college up in Massachusetts um, she's in a, a chemistry class right now. I told her to I told her to write her chem prof and suggest that they work in, a, in an environment called Labster. Um, Labster is a corporation; they're a big company, and they've created a million dollar laboratory in a virtual space that can be used by a Google Cardboard, which is like you stick your phone in a piece of cardboard, right. and you can literally do every experiment that you do in a college laboratory there, and it's wherever you're at. Wow. Okay. So you can pick up a Google cardboard, stick your phone in there and you're, you can just go through the motions essentially of doing a lab, but virtually. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there are, there are, and, 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 and that's really the low end. I mean, I work with a, uh, I have a valve index and that is the, the quote unquote Cadillac. It's not quite the Ferrari. The Ferrari is like $9,000 right now. And I don't have that kind of money. Um, but yeah, like you can, there are dissections out there of you name it, you can dissect it and it's all available on the market. And labsters, I keep pointing back to it because it is literally uh, a chemistry lab. You can do whatever you want there. There are math tools where you can virtually take any calculus algorithm, plug it in and you can visualize it. There are um, tools, uh, I think it's Nanome, that is uh, looking at uh, different types of molecules and you can go into into this VR, uh, this virtual environment and go down to the molecular level and move the atoms around and move the, the protons and electrons around. I'm not a math, uh, uh, a science person, but you can do that with your hands at that kind of level. And that's a whole different level of learning that isn't available out there. Uh, isn't something that most people have access to. We will soon, uh, especially at the university level, VR is going to be huge at the for university level coming soon. Um, I don't ever see it being very big at K to 12, but university, it's going to be big. But for the time being, it's like, well, I mean, I think the city of Ireland, they're sending home, or like where we are, they're sending home Chromebooks, right? With all the kids or something. One to one. They should have done it years ago. They had the money to do it, but they chose to whatever. Right. One to one is very common in South Jersey and in most places actually with Chromebooks. So, but with that is like, if VR is expanded and it sounds like it's just about enough could we have given these kids google cardboard hook them up with the vr system of sorts and let the teacher teach in this 
virtual classroom um for almost half the price probably i'd assume no no i i don't i don't know because it's it's what they have now chrome is is very much what they're used to doing with the reason why they chose the chromebooks is because it it ties in very well with uh, google classroom i don't know Mm -hmm. do you have familiar familiarity with google classroom at all i have now used it once yeah okay okay um most of the schools um, that I've worked in have used Google Classroom, and it works on a Chromebook intuitively. There's not much difference for the students or the, the teachers. We're, we're not at a point yet, price point yet, and price is the big point for VR, um, where where it's going to be mainstream for, for K-12. And I don't, I'm not sure it ever will be. Um, I don't think it'll ever, VR will ever get past um, the, you, I guess, you experience computer carts in your in your days in, in school? Mm-hmm, yeah. Where there was like, 60, com- 60 computers throughout the whole school and it was a shared resource. Yep, yep, I yep. I don't think VR in schools will ever get past that. Just because there's not enough, um, I don't think there's going to be enough uh, development for VR to be used in day-to-day. Now, it'll be cool to be used in an English setting or a history setting or a chem or a biology setting occasionally, but I don't necessarily think it's something you'd use every day. Now, AR, AR will be king between K to 12, but that's a whole another conversation. Um, but in university level, because there's a lot more money involved in what can be done, you know, I, uh, an Oculus Quest is 400 bucks right now. Um, mm-hmm. You can do Lapser and you can do all kinds of stuff with an Oculus Quest and colleges could have sent that home with their students right now. Now, um, that's the headset and everything that you're getting it, there. Yeah, it's a standalone HMD, head mounted device. It's a standalone head mounted device. So all you have to do is you have an app on your phone, you 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 purchase apps and it uploads stuff right to your your HMD and you can use it from wherever you're at. Oh wow. That's yeah. pretty sick. I mean, I just I you know what the most fascinating thing about this is that I can sit here and have this conversation with you and it wasn't even a thought that kind of crossed my mind when the technology is quite literally right in front of us, you know? Yeah. And I think it's kind of one of the setbacks of this whole situation, well, for many reasons, but one of the very minimal ones. Um I don't necessarily know if it's the, the technology is is VR as a technology is mature enough to go you know, as ubiquitous as it needs to be to be used for this. Um, now, Labster again has been around for what are it six years already, so it can it can be used on very low end um, uh, VR equipment, and it would be something that schools, high schools and colleges, and that's what it was literally designed for, is universities, so they can save the uh, the tort costs and the uh, the uh, component costs on a laboratory that could be pushed out everywhere. You can have now, I don't think it can be used for upper level chemistry classes. I, I just don't think it's that capable. I haven't used it. And again, I'm not a chem person. However, right. all your one Oh one and two Oh one classes, you could eliminate lab costs for all of those. Totally. Especially like I'm in a geology one Oh two right now that this would be perfect. I think I could get everything I needed from that system. Yay, or... Geology. I yeah, no, it's, it's awful, man. I love it. I loved it. Really? You know what the issue is? And this isn't an issue at all. It's just the way that I I struggle at learning. One, it's a night class that it's just I'm not productive at night. But two, uh, my professor, he's from the uh, bayou of uh, Louisiana. And and you don't really quite understand every word he's saying. But (laughs) I had. Yeah, (laughs) I I, I realized that I was in trouble in my, my geology class when I looked at the book. 
and then realized that the guy that was teaching the class had written the book and there was uh-huh. lots, and lots and lots and letters after his name. And I went, Oh boy. And it was a tough <laughs> class, but I learned a lot. So it was fun. Yeah. And I think that's, well, that's, that's so much of the point too, is that we don't want to get away from education still being fun. And although I might joke about the classes I dread and such education is still supposed to be something that you take in and consume because it betters you and it should be enjoyable especially at the elementary level. Right, yeah. And and at the elementary level, it's supposed to be social, which is another, I don't know how we're going to replicate that. Like, you know, how do we teach a, a, again, this is why I think elementary kids are going to wind up being back in school in the summer. I don't know how you teach social skills. And that's a large part of elementary, how you teach social skills to kids that are sitting at home on a keyboard. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't, you know, I don't necessarily like, like the unintended consequences that are coming from, from, from that picture. Um, so I don't know, you know, cause their parents are going to be yelling at them and, and stressing out much more than a, a teacher would be. So I don't know. Right. And then like pops is out back mowing the lawn. Is that the social skills that you're learning or whatever yeah. in yeah, no, like no elementary school kid should be mowing lawns and doing that type of work or anything along those lines. But so, we moved into this kind of VR conversation. I really want to just pick your brain about this. Is this the kind of stuff that you're working on for your masters is the education side of VR or just yes. VR in general, because I'm incredibly fascinated by it. And we, we started having this conversation a few months ago and I said, we need to have a much deeper one about it, but the extent of VR is kind of insane. And you said it was going to be the next big thing to change the world. Yeah. It, it's going to be, what VR can do is something that is uh, – it's its main and I think the main lasting um, ingredient, I- impression that it's going to have on humanity um, as a tool is it's, it teaches something that is almost ridiculously impossible to teach. It can teach empathy, and it's easy to teach empathy using, using VR. And there's a lot of people out there that say, well, I've seen the Milk video from 2015 that said uh, it's an empathy machine. I don't necessarily know if I would go as far to call it an empathy machine, but I can tell you that, you know, you will go into, if you go into VR and you go into a serious VR thing, now I play a lot of games in VR, I do a lot of exercise in VR, I do a lot of stuff in VR. Um, but when you're going into something that is dedicated to be, um, moving to evoke emotions um there's a there's a there's there's two people to come to mind jeremy balanson out of stanford um he runs the the virtual human interaction lab um there and he is basically the isaac newton of of vr um and like he's done more work and forgotten more about vr than i'll probably ever know he's brilliant and uh a woman from Columbia University, Courtney Cogburn, Dr. Courtney Cogburn, she's brilliant as well. They did, um, uh, they, I don't want to call it a movie, but they, they, uh, they previewed it at Tribeca. It was called a thousand cut, a journey of a thousand cuts, I think, or a thousand cut journey. It's something like that. And what it is, is it basically is, um, uh, you put on the HMD and you become, uh, an African American. Okay. Me as, 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 white as I am and I don't have, you know, and the privilege that comes with that, I don't have that experience. So putting this HMD on, I get to, and you start off looking at a mirror um, and you see yourself as beginning as a, a small black child. And then you progress through all this and there's circumstances and you come out of there and you're, you're a richer person for understanding that, you know, things that I can't experience because of 
what I was born like, I can experience through there. Um, now, Balenson has taken it a little step a step farther that I don't necessarily know if I agree with. He did it with um, with an animal, in a cow in a slaughterhouse, and he said, look, I feel bad for the cow. I don't, and I did, and I don't. So, yeah. It works really great for humans, however. Mm-hmm. So there's lots yeah. of instances. There is a, one of the early instances was uh, Clouds Over Sidra, which is another um, – it's a 360 video, which I wouldn't consider VR too terribly, but they used it at VR with um, – like a, a phone-based VR at, at the United Nations. Now, Sidra was a 12-year-old girl in a Syrian refugee camp, and they followed her around through her day using 360 cameras. And they used this footage, and they got funding from the UN um, that was stalled for months by having the UN delegates watch this video because they could feel, they could feel themselves, they could empathize with this little girl, which they weren't able to do before. Um, and that's another instance. There, there's a lot of them out there now. Um, but yeah, there's, uh, another project that I can't remember what school it was. I want to say Newark, uh, it was a high school or a middle school in Newark, but don't quote me on that. I'm not sure exactly where it was. Um, and they had a 360 camera and they used it in 180 mode and they used the camera as the, where the eyepiece for the, the HMD would be. So when you watch it, you're looking from the camera's perspective. Uh-huh. And they did a movie about bullying. And what they did was they bullied the camera, so to speak. That's how it was written. And basically the bullying instances in that school dropped by two thirds after the kids used these, this, this, they made this movie, they watched this movie. And then they, this, the bullying in that school dropped by two thirds because people could feel what it was like to be that person being bullied. Right. And I'll understand like, yes, yeah, empath- you feel like shit, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah empathy at its finest. And exactly. I, and it's not something that, I mean, I've, you've been in my class for, for Holocaust and I mean, it's, it's next to impossible to teach any kind of empathy, but with VR, now I wouldn't use it for a, a Holocaust class because I don't think you can, but using VR, you can definitely start to elicit uh, empathy for the other, for other people that are not like you, that speak a different language, that are from a different place, that kind of a thing. Right. Real life emotion that you can't necessarily get from reading a book. But yeah, you, you do bring up that I you, was your student at one point and that you did teach me in many courses, not just Holocaust. But being the in-class teacher, now obviously having a better understanding of VR, are you implementing it into a normal classroom setting if you were to get back into a classroom that's not based around VR or is that something that would allow you the opportunity it, it the only thing that would hold me back would be budget right? right and that's the only thing i would absolutely bring vr into regardless of what i was teaching um i i taught sociology a couple years ago i could think of a, a dozen <laughs> usages a month um for vr in that setting i'm sure uh, psychology psychology teachers can use it um i know in history that i could use it for that i know in uh, the political science i can use it for that um, those are my areas of expertise that I've, I've taught. I've taught. I can't teach psychology, but I know psychology teachers. Um, math and science, absolutely. Um, English as a language, sure, but it's more about storytelling than actual language. Mm-hmm. Um, foreign language, there is no better way to learn a language than to be immersed in it. And the easiest way to be immersed in something is to be in VR, unless you want to move to Spain or wherever <laughs> yeah. um that that can be done very easily so yeah i you could maybe find a vr of the uh of the vatican because that's the only place they speak latin now for your class i, I don't well, know well <laughs> yeah, i mean i could do that or i could just like 
study open yeah study <laughs> the, it's what do they call it a dead language you can't even like yeah read it or uh-huh. speak it or yeah and i don't know why i chose it it was a horrible decision but you know you got to do what you got to do to graduate and yes, uh, we're powering clear. we are uh we're, we're <laughs> translating um the Aeneid right now and let me tell you I don't even understand the Aeneid in English or the translated version (laughs) so it has been quite the semester and the worst part I avoided Friday classes for four years of college essentially not only is it a Friday class it's an 8 a.m class so Monday (laughs) Wednesday Friday 8 a.m it's awful and it's like every Friday we got a quiz 8 a.m. or a test. And it's like, but all my buddies are going out on Thursday night. <laughs> like, There's there's no. Uh, well, they're not any. Friday. Yeah. You know, <laughs> wake yeah. up for the as long as you're awake for 8 a.m. You're there. But um, yeah, Ooh, I'm just it's, like, I feel, I feel it's bad. Just, it's such a ridiculous language, man. I mean, it's. People always told me, or my mom, really, it was just her, <laughs> who would always just say, take Latin, it'll help you understand English and reading. And I'm an, I'm an English major, so obviously I should like understand the language I'm studying and stuff like that. But Latin has done nothing for me, <laughs> and um, I yeah. wouldn't suggest it. No, no. You, you would, you would I, I, I don't mean to differ with mom, because she's a great friend of mine. However... Oh, um, no, no, no. It's, you guys have two different uh, educational philosophies. I would, I would French, which is another hellacious language, but it's, you learn more about English than from French or German, quite frankly, uh, both of which I've taken. So yeah, I've learned a lot more about English from German and French than I could imagine Latin. It is what it is. (laughs) I'm going to back you up here. So you talk about budget with VR. What, what would it look like to set up a classroom? So even if they still were on the carts that you got pushed around, you have to check out your VR headset and everything like that. What does it look like to kind of just equip a classroom that would give you the ability to take all of your students into this virtual world? Um, it would depend on the headset. Now, if you just want to do uh, a quest, which is probably what I would recommend because it's the ch- it's the cheapest out there for the most functionality. Um, you're you're talking three hundred a unit, and there you go three no four hundred a unit. I have to look it up again. You're you're talking like a lot of money. And that's, that's kind of the problem. Um, but we're getting there and it's getting cheaper. That same unit that is um, $300 now, let me just, I got to check these prices because it's going to drive me nuts, um, is is now was the uh, top of the line three years ago and it was selling mm-hmm. for $700. So it was the same, the same specs as an HTC Vive, relatively speaking. And the HTC Vive, when it came out, was $700 and it had to be tethered to a PC. The same kind mm-hmm. of, results that you're getting from an oculus quest you're getting for like 300 400 you're not tethered to a pc and there you go um so to equip a classroom of 20 it's 20 times that and and the chargers so you're talking some money yeah Um, you're talking a good chunk of money there but yeah so i equiv i equivalated or equivocate i don't know what the hell word i'm looking for there but i compared it to drones the other day because i was obviously um I bought a drone because <laughs> what else would I, what else would I do walking into Best Buy and not, and walking out empty handed, oh, but <laughs> I would have served it for a quest, but go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, see, that's the thing. I didn't even consider the VR realm because I was thinking, wow, it would be really cool to throw some aerial shots into these vlogs I'm posting every day. Now. But, um, so 
with that, do you, are you paying for a online library or how does it work? Is it like it depends on who's it's just like, you know, Android and Apple. There's different ecosystems. Um, they're increasingly becoming um, compatible with each other um, through OpenXR, which is an open source uh, XR platform. And Quest is going to be adopting that soon. Um, I have more than one HMD. Um, I generally have and try to keep my virtual li- or my my library, my digital library through Steam. Um, and those of you that aren't aware of what Steam is, it is done by a company called Valve. It's a game uh, game centered uh, streaming service or download service, and they sell uh, an HMD uh, called an Index. I have one of those. They also um, helped set up HTC's first uh, HMD, which is a Valve. Um, not a valve, excuse me, which is a Vive. And I had one of those that's four years old now. And so that's where I have everything. Now I have an Oculus Quest as well, but I didn't purchase any software for it. There are lots of free experiences. So I can show people and demo this stuff. And here's an HMD. Here's this experience. Go ahead, knock yourself out. Um, It's not quite that easy, but yeah. Um, So I have that. Um, There are lots of free or... Uh, very cheap experiences out there, and then you can always go into a, a in, onto YouTube, and there's lots and lots of uh, 360 videos. But again, that's not really what I would consider VR. I consider VR a, a built from scratch graphical design of a, a di- totally different interface. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were. I was talking to a friend a few months ago, and he was telling me they were down at Auburn's baseball complex and everything and there was like pitchers throwing at you and you swing a bat and it actually like feels like you're hitting a ball and you can see every pitcher in the league like every arm slot they have and everything i was like dude this is insane but it was like where are they getting this information because i guess it sounds it's like an app store essentially right yeah it is and there's um that guy jeremy balanson that i mentioned earlier from from mm-hmm. stanford he opened a company up that tailors to athletes um and it's all about uh, the advertisement up there is all about uh, that I've seen up there is all about quarterbacks, but they can throw virtually no pun intended. Um, any, <laughs> any, yeah, I didn't even any defense in front of you and any set in front of you that they program in your playbook and you can do it online and practice whenever and see different looks and different defenses coming at you in VR, which is insane that's absurd but that also begs this question that i'm sure is running through at least 10 people's minds right now is there at any point that we have to be like concerned as to whether this idea of virtual reality and just technology in general takes over and we never leave our homes again and we live in a virtual world somewhere else inside of a home i'm sure there'll be probably people that have that problem i mean i can yeah, there are definitely areas in the VR world that are perpetual, and I'm sure, like I'm just going to say it, there, there's, there's probably going to be a problem with VR porn. There's probably going to be a problem with uh, uh, social VR in different areas, um, just because you know, virtual the virtual world is a lot better than the real world. It's an idealized picture of a world, and we're living in, hell, a lot of people think it's a dystopia now going on with the coronavirus. Um, why not escape into a virtual realm where you're like, you're the superhero, you're the tallest guy you ever want to be. You can set your body up to be whatever you want to be. You see where I'm going with this? And like, yeah, it's basically like Facebook, but just everybody catfishes one another. Well, Facebook's running uh, Oculus Quest is owned by Facebook. They are beta testing 
Um, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Second Life. It's kind of like a it was a uh, a virtual world, so to speak, way back in the uh-huh. day. Well, they're creating a virtual space for all of their users. That's going to be a social space for all their VR users. So Where you can just like walk around and yes, have conversations, your, and your avatar will be whatever you want it to look like. Jeez. Yeah, <laughs> that's insane, man. I know uh, and it, and it's it's there already. It's in beta. Like I don't have access to it, but I know people that do. They're in beta right now, and they're just like, yeah. The 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 one thing that I can tell you is that it's you're you're a torso up, so there's no legs, which is a little disturbing altogether. But it's a cartoony kind of thing right now. Right, I'm sure that. But like, wait till there's 4K graphics on that, and you're literally living inside well, of. Here, here's what I need to tell you. HMDs that are worth their salt are already past 4K. No, uh, like the 6K camera that I was telling you about? Yes. My HMD, my Shh. valve index is higher res between the two eyes than 4K. Jeez. The big so, ones, the expensive ones are like the Pimaxes. They've got uh, an HMD that's an 8K HMD currently. Does that per, even... I guess, that's per I guess. eye, by the way. That's per eye. That's not... That's per eye. 8k per eye at that point does it feel like you're not even like you're living in a video game obvious not a video game but a video simulation but i guess it doesn't even feel real i mean Uh, okay so i don't think my brain right now can comprehend 8k (laughs) well yeah i i I, i'll tell you my first impression with we talk in, in VR parlance, we talk about presence and immersion. Now, immersion is you're inside this, this virtual environment and how you interact with everything. And then there's presence. Um, presence is when you lose yourself, you, you know, you've, you've forgotten that you're not in the real world, you're in VR, and that's all you're thinking about because that's what you're focused on. And, you know, through evolution, that's what our senses are set up to do between eyes and smell that's the one thing they haven't figured out yet smell but there's a japanese company that's working on it that has a prototype out um for for home users not for like not for like a university um so you lose yourself there's a game i was playing it's called windlands it's kind of like a spider-man game with mazes but the mazes are all vertical and horizontal so you're you're literally swinging across trees and this that and the other the first time i experienced presence is when i was swinging from one tree to another and i was falling and i landed and i physically did the land it's like one of those dreams that you uh, feel like you're falling yes, off a building exactly. Mm-hmm. except that it's you're you're doing that and there's um there's another there's another um thing out there uh, the plank experience i have that too it's pretty funny um basically you go up on an elevator and if you're if the person that's demoing the vr is doing it right they put a two by a two by six uh, plank out in front of the person and they step on it and in real life you're looking like you're walking off the plank of a 120 story building Oh jeez! And there's lots of there's lots. Of, it's Richie's plank experience. There's lots of videos out there, and you can see people freaking out. There's one English guy. He might be Scottish. I don't quite know the accent, but he lost it. Like he, I was, probably would too. Yeah. There's. I have a problem with with putting new users in kind of experiences like that. Um, it's not the greatest thing. I've demoed my VR equipment a couple hundred times at this point to different people. Um, I only had one bad experience with was one of my students. Uh, he was in seventh grade at the time and he 
I didn't know that I should ask if someone's got thalassophobia, which is a fear of being underwater in like the ocean. And one of my intro, um, my intro experiences, because you want to do them passive so people don't get sick, is the blue, which is you're standing on a wrecked uh, ship underneath the water and this huge humpback whale comes comes right by you. And it's like 50 feet long. It comes close enough that you can put your hand out and it'll blink its eye at you. It's crazy. Um, yeah. And so he didn't tell me he was scared of the ocean and about 30 seconds in, he freaked out. And yeah, that'll probably get you. Yeah. Like I, that was the only, that was the only time I've had a bad experience demoing because I kind of know what I'm doing. Um, and that's because I just didn't know I had to ask that. I do ask that now. So yeah. It sounds like you uh, shouldn't be like VR and drinking. Like just you get drunk and start VRing, you're going to freak yourself out. Maybe. Uh, maybe i don't know uh, like i i haven't experimented the equipment's too expensive for me to do something like that <laughs> yeah. um smash your face and break your headset that i'm sure if fun. i was um much younger i would have done right. some things of that nature yes well i mean passover's coming up here so yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> um so you you speak of the is it mostly students now that are te- you're testing with and so you kind of keep it fairly great base level and so you're not really taking them on the world quest of Spider-Man and such. Um, a Spider-Man had a demo and with the, with the latest movie, they put out a, one of their advertising pieces was a free piece of software where you could fight one of the bad guys in, in Metropolis or whatever city it is. Oh, that's and, badass. Yeah, it was fun. Um, I still have it. I play it. It's one of my favorites and it's free, which is the best part about it. Cause who doesn't want to be Spider-Man? Like seriously. Right. Swinging from building to building and then hopping on to swinging from a helicopter. Oh, it's very cool. Is it's there not- like a um, six foot radius you have to give yourself or what's like the um, parameters here? So you're not like kicking walls or anything along those lines. It depends on, on, on your headset and depends on what you're doing. Um, there's three modes inside of VCR. There's sitting or VCR haha, in VR. Um, they're sitting. Um, they're sitting. They're standing only, which you're just standing there. You're not moving around. And sitting and standing are three degrees of freedom, which means your head moves, you're, you're, you're going back and forth and up and down with your head. That's it. Um, I have my, my office is set up as a room scale, and I have about two meters in each direction. Um, mm-hmm. I'd like to have more. There are bigger places in the world that have like 10 meters in each direction. Um, so, yeah, it, it, once you get with higher end hardware, the, the space is just the more you can get, the better. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, more flexibility and range and everything along those lines. But with the introduction of like VR to kind of not society, but it becomes the phase out maybe of PlayStation, Xbox, of in a certain extent, and VR becomes more popular in living rooms across the country. Do you think that they'll get to a point where like VR almost has to be dumbed down again so that people can figure out the technology and? be more family friendly i i don't necessarily a i don't think it's not family friendly i have had every one of my family members involved Uh, my my almost 80 year old uh, mother-in-law my mom who's going to turn 70 um and who's incredibly motion sick and same thing with my daughter they both get incredibly motion sick in cars but if you do it right you won't get motion sickness in vr you just got to take your time with it um i I don't think it's going to replace replace 2d gaming um, I, I just, I think it's a, an enhancement, not an add-on, not necessarily a replacement. Um, there's, I, I, 
you know, I'm a, I like to play RTSs. Um, I like to play uh, turn-based strategies, grand strategies, and I don't see those being um, programmed out in VR anytime soon. So I don't think that's going away. I don't think uh, platformers are going away. So I don't think necessarily Xbox or P or, or, or the, the PS are, are going away. I think the, um, I think VR will be an add on to those or will be something completely different. Yeah. I mean, wait till the day that there's a VR sh- or there might even be VR streamers already. Oh, there I was, are. Um, there's, there's lots of them out there actually. Really? Yeah. Oh, I gotta, I gotta get on that. I, um, I was making a joke earlier with Eileen cause she was uh streaming and I was like, Oh yeah, I gotta start doing this streaming thing. Now that I'm gonna be locked in this room for eight weeks. And, uh, I just couldn't figure out a game I'd want to play. I am not, I definitely have no mind for strategy. I am awful at shooting people on those things, and I am not smart enough to play any other sports on the uh, video game console. Can you drive? So, uh, to a certain extent, yes. Well, or you could just take it to the the comedic value and try to do a game that you know you're going to fail at, and just do it for the the lols, so to speak. See, that's what I was getting at because I have a bit of a personality, and I will say what's on my mind, and I think that's what people really come for. And so, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. maybe maybe in the next week I'm uh, out here playing Fortnite against Eileen, who's like a professional <laughs> at this point. And I am uh, trying to figure out all the buttons ever so slowly because I haven't played in two years, probably when yeah. when it was still like in beta or whatever the before there was 10 year olds running the game. Well, it was, yeah, it was college students and people who had access to it or whatever, I guess. My roommate was very into it, so he got me into it. And next thing you know, Fortnite's the biggest game on the planet. That's just the way it is. I mean, it's not the biggest game on the planet, by the way. League of Legends. What is? is. Oh, League is it? Re- yeah. See, oh, yeah. I don't know. This is this is something that I could pick your brain about. Is mm-hmm. you you were once a like highly touted online gamer, right? Yes. I mean, yeah. Before there was actually professional leagues. Yes, I was. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Which game was it? Uh, Battlefield nineteen forty two. Yeah. There you go. Is is that like a shooter? Yeah. First person. You'd have, you'll have to explain that to me. It's, it's so, FPS. Uh, shooter yes way back in oh. the day wow that's awesome and you said you were telling me like you were like ranked and yeah my my clan was ranked uh number three in the country um for for where when we were playing it was a long time ago so yeah right what made you guys like disband was it just no there's they still play they're still playing together but they're all old so we've all slowed down like it's ridiculous i i've gone and then said hello to them um and they're playing uh battlefield games too but they're not ranked anymore again it's like professional athlete. When you when you get to a certain age, your reflexes slow down. You lose a step, and in this case, you lose a click, and, and that's just kind of what's happened um, for them. For me, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, and especially because I mean, it's also similar to professional sports. It's like these younger generations are coming up better than ever. I would assume. And I don't know about that. No, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you that you know I you know when I was in the high school classrooms, I would. Oftentimes, you know, make a game reference, and my students are like, "Oh, choice, you game." I'm like, "Yeah," and they would say something. And generally speaking, I know I could probably beat everyone in that, every one of them in that room. I'm probably the Did only you? no, because I couldn't give them my gamer, <laughs> my gamer names and stuff like that, because it was a violation of, uh, you know, of distance and all that stuff. It wouldn't have been a right. good idea. Um, but yeah, I know for a fact that you know I could have beaten almost all of them in any game. I mean, it would take me a little while to learn the game, but yeah, no, I'm not worried about it. Now, yeah. but... 
It's it's like uh, sports. Like if you're athletic enough, you can play any sport. But if you're like a video gamer, you can play pretty much any video game. Um. Yes and no. There's some of them. Like again, League of Legends. You. It's really an experience based thing. You have to know so much information. And I don't play it, so I, I can't tell you uh, much about it. Um, I have a buddy that knows a lot about it um, for various reasons, and I'm just like, ah, it's not my thing, dude. Um, and yeah. So yeah, but I like it. Yeah, I, I mean, I could probably jump back into FPSs and, and start playing again, but it still wouldn't be anywhere near as good as I used to be. So yeah, I've, I've avoided it since. I mean, my only experience with League of Legends, and this is probably why I'm kind of naive, was just walking into the dorm lounge of my dorm sophomore year of high school, and there was just a table of kids sitting there staring at their screens clicking and i was like what are you guys clicking so fast it's like three in the morning why are you awake and apparently three in the morning is the like most popular time to be playing league of legends because you have what you'll have is you have the east coast of the united states can be up at three in the morning you have the west coast of the united states and you have south korea and japan right and i mean so i i I don't want to come off as racist or anything but yeah it was all asian kids in my dorm i was i was quite literally one of three white kids and the rest were from south korea (laughs) so that was it it was the they're they're uh, in, in south korea um they look at their professional gamers the way we look at like tom brady um not that i'm a fan of tom brady but you know what i'm saying like no you are you can admit it uh, no. <laughs> I can't wait till he leaves the team so I can hear all the Bostonians cry. <laughs> um, there you go. I said that for your benefit. Um, it happens. But yeah, like they worship their their gamers like their stars, and it's it's just a cultural thing. Um, it's, cool. it's like their K-pop people too. The uh, what's that group like BTS or whatever? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I no can't idea. get into that topic. You should have seen it. I one week mentioned BTS and I, I, I will say it again. BTS sucks and I hate K-pop. And I had like 47 DMs from you. people and they will hate you. They will come at your life for not enjoying their kind of music. And I was like, you want to talk about a more closed minded group of people in well, the world? Everyone, like everyone with their identity, you know, you're, you're, you're attacking a part of their identity. Now I'm going to be the teacher that I, uh, I've always been, you know, you're attacking a part of their identity. And so they're, they take offense at it. Um, yeah. But if someone was like, Herm fish sucks, I'd be like, yeah, a lot of people think that. <laughs> well, yeah, but everyone's different, you know, like, and again, it's a cultural thing. There might be a difference. Look at that. I know people that get upset about different games and all that stuff. It's also kind of a maturity thing too. So there you go. Yeah, I mean, people who imagine yeah, people. if someone smashed a controller after losing a game or something. I don't know those. anyone that's done that. Yeah, those nuts. <laughs> I don't know anyone that's done that. Um, I don't know anyone that's taken you know his headphones off that were hundred dollars and thrown them across the room on multiple occasions with multiple sets of headphones. I don't know anyone that's done that. Right. So I mean, it's unheard of. Uh, those would be some real lunatics. But yeah. As- so I- the way I got myself to stop smashing keyboards is I bought myself such an expensive keyboard that if I broke it, I would have felt guilty. And then that, that one lasted for 15 years until I replaced it two years ago. So there you I go. If you broke it, then I would have been impressed. No, it, it, it broke itself. It was just so old that it needed to be replaced. Yeah. Eileen, um, she just got a new keyboard. What's that? They're, they're like mechanical, I think she said I or have, something. Yeah, I have a mechanical keyboard too. It's the only one. Yeah, they like 
click really well or something. I, I was trying to get into, as I said, I'm trying to get into this whole streaming thing, and I was trying to understand the in and outs of. You need some OBS. You need a yeah. You need to get all that stuff. You can handle this. You can handle OBS. Yeah, no, I'm just gonna do the most basic setup possible. I'll I'll use Eileen's streaming stuff. She has like okay. one of the, Delgado, I think it was called. I have no idea. Elgato, Melgato, I don't know. Whatever it is, I'll figure it out in the next week and you guys will be hooked up with some great content <laughs> because that's all I've got time for. <laughs> what are you going to stream on, Twitch? Yeah. Or okay. no, what's the other one that Ninja's doing now? It's, I don't know. I, I have a Twitch account and I have all kinds of stuff, so there you go. I'll um, just do it on Twitch. I think that's what all the kids use these days. All the kids. There's all yeah. kinds of content on Twitch, by the way. For those of you that are listening that have gotten, we've gotten so off track here. There's there's art contact on content on on Twitch. There's um, besides gaming stuff, and I guarantee you, there's going to be teachers going on there and, and streaming some of their stuff. I had a professor that was using Twitch last semester. Um, so yeah, Twitch, like Discord too, probably right? Is that that's the other communication I used, app? Yeah, my Discord app is sitting up here, and I was posting stuff earlier today. But yeah, I don't know. I don't. I, I I'm like probably one of the few people over forty that know about Discord. Um, uh, I'd be surprised if any professors really knew about it unless they were gamers kind of thing. Yeah. But yeah, there's more, there's more of you out there. So I'm sure that there'll be a handful of them that get on discord or whatever, but yeah, no Twitch, I feel like is the platform of the future. YouTube's kind of going downhill in my opinion. And I think that somewhere needs to be able to take in all this content. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know where we're heading. I, I, I can tell you if you want to, if you want to see some really weird stuff, go into VR chat. Um, it's a literally, that's an application. Um, it reminds me of the old AOL chat rooms, except that it's in virtual reality. So feel free to think about that a little bit. Um, so you have, but you have to have the headset on to get in. I think so. I mean, I do. So that's all I've thought about. Like it's just, it's people in there catfishing. It's really kind of funny. Um, right. I would have a great time with that. There, there's all kinds of like weirdness. I feel like I have too much of a personality for VR at the moment. I think that it needs to catch up to me. <laughs> I don't know about that. No, I have a good time. Like, there's uh, yeah, there's lots of stuff, but VR chat is, um, there's I, there's just never mind. I I don't want never mind. Let's move, let's move on. <laughs> no, I was gonna then just I, the only thing I have left is opening up the floor to you. If there is anything that you wanted to express to the community about how you're feeling or what you're thinking or anything along those lines, um, I. Be that we didn't already hit on like i said be patient with your with your professors be patient with your teachers be patient with your students if you're a parent be patient with your kids um you know this is all going to be new for a lot of people and not a, not most of your most of the teachers haven't had this kind of experience or hadn't have haven't don't have the education that i do in the background that i do creating e-learning stuff um that said if you guys need help you can find me i'm easy to find um and there you go that's it that's amazing. That was perfect. Are you are you cooking up a brisket at all during this time? Uh... No, no. I did one two weeks ago, so I'm not uh, doing, still I'm not, working on it. I'm not gonna. No, it's gone. I'm not doing another <laughs> one until until Pesach, and then I'm I'm thinking about doing um uh, a leg of lamb too, and mm. yeah. So were you were you there last year for the turkey? I was not. No, I was. Oh, oh you missed the turkey. I heard that I missed the best night in Pesach history. Yeah, yeah. We're 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 planning on redoing that with a little with with more with more booze and more people. So yeah. with more gumption. Yeah, so, yeah. So you guys will be there. You'll have more fun. 
Yeah, yeah, I'll have to. Oh, well, I mean, obviously, I'll be there um, as long as we can still conduct Pesach normally. All right, that's the only thing. Well, maybe we could do it over, you know, VR. Yeah. No, not VR. I can't drink on VR. But we could do it over Skype and just have everyone sitting at their respective tables, and that we could all, you know, get hammered that way. That'd be pretty funny. Play okay. Cards Against Humanity. You'd have to like send out the cards through well, the mail or something. Well, no, Mallory's got them, and she's in Scotland, so yeah. Well, we have that. Well, no, we have something even better. Actually, we have Cards Against Star Wars or Star Wars oh, cards. Oh yeah, it's ridiculous. You would be astonished at some of the stuff that they have on there. I'm not going to be astonished. I'll be. No, you won't. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> All right, this has been awesome, and I really appreciate you coming on and being so candid and open about this whole process that we're kind of in, especially with VR, because that stuff fascinates me, and I just love hearing about it. So, uh, yeah, that was that was awesome, man. Anytime, I'm here. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. Great. As always, I have to thank Vern for hopping on the show, and not only was that just educational for me, but it really just opened up my eyes to so many different outlets that we have as scholars and the ways that we can be learning both online through virtual reality and what the future could look like. I mean, it's pretty insane to think about how far technology has come in the last however many years, but it's pretty amazing. I will like to say we did record this before the uh, big Tom Brady news was uh, announced there at the end. So um, you win. You win, Mr. Joyce. There, The Tom Brady thing did happen, and all of Boston has been crying now for about 24 hours. But what what a time we're living in, guys. I cannot stress this enough, and I think that if you're still listening, it's it's important because just stay inside. Please, 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 please. There is a reason that this interview was done remotely. It's because we were both self-quarantining, if that's now a verb, and we wanted to make sure that we kept not just each other healthy, but everybody that we come in contact in our lives healthy. I think that there's so many people, especially my generation, and I understand it. I really do. I understand that kids want to get out to the bar, and they really just want to have a good time. And, you know, I mean, I get it. I do. But right now, I know if you don't feel symptoms or whatever, it's fine. But just stay inside. Just self-quarantine. Get the supplies that you need. Find a nice Netflix show. Do what you have to do and just watch it. Lay in bed all day. And for the first time ever, you're being asked to just chill out. And because of that, I think that we need to take full advantage. I think that we need to just really look after the people who have a pre-existing condition or are older and can't fight off a disease like this because there's still thousands and thousands and thousands of lives that can be saved. So instead of looking at this from a negative perspective, let's look at it from a positive one. We can get a ton more creative thoughts and ideas and things like that out into the atmosphere. Maybe you can start writing a book, poetry, painting, drawing, doing vlogs, podcasting, any of the above. Just do them and have fun doing them because, I mean, there's there's only so much time that you'll be able to look back on this or do it and think, oh, wow, I just had three weeks or so to lay in bed and do nothing because at the end of the day... Some most of the people who are self-quarantining right now are just going to do that. So 
that was such a fun interview, guys. I mean, I, I can't wait to get over to Vern's house and actually do the VR stuff because um, he did roast me for a minute there about how I still haven't come over to do it with him after the phone call, but it is what it is, you know. I, uh, I, I'm a busy human being and I'm awful at communication, and I will get over there as soon as I can. But if you uh, enjoyed today's episode, please consider leaving a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Make sure that you subscribe on your favorite platform. Make sure that you're following me on Twitter at herm.png. And I can't wait to come back next week because, well, it's going to be another great interview, another great conversation. And I think that with this self-quarantine thing, these podcasts are going to be the, one of the few things that really is a bright part of my day. Nonetheless, I hope that you guys have a great, safe, healthy week. If you need anything at all, please feel free to reach out and, you know, just just get inside, maybe sit back, crack open a few cold ones and enjoy some movies. But until then, stay grooving, guys. <laughs>